I don't know about you, but for me, it's easy to fall into the if-then trap when it comes to money. If we had an extra $400 a month, then dot, dot, dot. Or if we had a five-bedroom home instead of a three-bedroom home, then dot, dot, dot. And when we start doing this if-then thing, it begins to impact our marriage. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a very insightful episode for you this week as we return to our regular programming. This is episode number 155. And today we're going to be talking about how money issues can negatively impact marriage and what to do about that. Hey there. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we recorded a Q&A on disconnected marriage and on shared leisure time. Yeah. If you want to hear Caleb address some real life issues, worth going back and checking out that show. And also make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And remember, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. So let's get into the topic for Linda of how money impacts marriage. All righty. And I've got some great news. I think it's great news in this episode. And I want to point that out at the start because I know how hopeless it can feel about changing your financial situation sometimes. Yeah, I just kind of feel stuck. Yeah. And so the great news is not some get rich quick scheme. No, it's that you can shift your marriage so that you can move away from that hopeless feeling. Okay. So you can change how you're experiencing this inside your marriage. So let's jump in and let's let's do this. And we're going to kind of come at that from both sides. So not surprisingly, financial strain does impact marriage. The research shows that. Yeah. recorded that. We all know that. And it does impact marriage by reducing marriage quality and also reducing the stability of the marriage too. And what's fascinating is you can actually put a number to this. The direct link between financial strain and reduced marital satisfaction accounts for up to 15% of the total variation in marital satisfaction. That's from a study in 98. So if you're struggling financially or unhappy with your financial situation, you are more likely to see your entire marriage as not working. Your entire marriage. Yes. Huh. And I think this is good to point out because you have a pretty specific issue, but it's being extrapolated to a much larger one. And for me, that's kind of a checkpoint, right? Mm-hmm. It says, uh, you know, stop and think about this. Because what we just identified is that you may only have a money issue, but you think you now have a marriage issue. Mm, Okay. And I I think that begs the question, you know, is it necessary? Yes, financial strain impacts marriage, but how much power have you given to that issue? Do you have to see this as a marriage problem? Okay. Like, have you let it take over other parts? It colors like everything. Huh. Okay. So, but just to continue the thought on how marriage is impacted, money issues also impact marriage indirectly. Financial strain, for example, due to unemployment or debt or low income, that increases stress and it increases depressive symptoms for both spouses. Okay. Now, the researchers looked at this and noted that this in turn reduces the amount of social support between the spouses. That's the warmth and affection between us, mm-hmm. which we would show to each other normally, and it increases the level of negative communication. So there's more anger, more criticism, more dislike in the communication. Now that behavior reduces marital satisfaction, and this reduced satisfaction increases depressive symptoms, 
And so now you're in a dis- in a destructive cycle. Okay. That was a little bit complicated, but... It's just, should I summarize or... Sure. So the financial strain increases stress and depressive symptoms, okay? Yeah. When that's happening, there's less warmth, there's more anger, so you're less happy. Okay. So your depressive symptoms increase. Okay. 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 Yes. And now we're spiraling. Down. Right. So this is like its own cycle, but the financial strain is just kind of the catalyst that starts it. Yeah. Okay. Other research supports that too. A study in 2008 compared low income and medium income couples. Low income couples had higher levels of psychological distress and also scored lower on measures of marital adjustment. And as we all know, financial difficulties are also one of the main reasons give after divorcing for why their marriage broke down. Conversely though, Verlinda, like high income is, is directly linked to high marital satisfaction and also indirectly influences it by reducing the pressure and stress within the marriage. So so then why do high income people divorce? Exactly. It's not all about the income. No. And my concern is like we could stop here and it almost sounds like a simple formula. If you increase the moolah, the cash, then you're going to increase the marriage mojo. Yeah. Right? But just stay with me a little bit longer because there's another piece that comes in here, which is really important. And that is financial satisfaction. Now, financial satisfaction is not about having more money. It's about being satisfied with the money you have. Okay. And financial satisfaction is strongly linked to marital satisfaction. This is from a study in 2014. And as I mentioned, financial satisfaction is not the same as simply having lots of money, although it is negatively correlated with financial strain. There's other factors which influence financial satisfaction in marriage, such as one, perception that you have enough money and that you're coping. Mm -hmm. Two, smart financial decisions. Families and couples who pay bills on time, who live within their income, and avoid unnecessary debt, have a higher sense of self-worth and respect for each other and the family and have less tension in the marriage. Okay. Feeling in control of your finances and being self-sufficient. That's the third item. That's linked to higher quality of life. So these are all things that relate to financial satisfaction. But again, it's not the amount of money you have. It's the perception that it's enough. Right. And how you're managing what you do have. Okay. Okay. So having control over our spending and our financial decisions is another important factor in financial satisfaction. While most married couples have joint accounts and pool their finances in recent or in most marriages, one spouse is actually more likely to control the pool of money than the other. Only pool of money. Pool of money. Only one in five marriages had truly equal control of money and spending between spouses. So usually there's an imbalance here. Yeah. I've just imbalance of knowledge. Uh, imbalance of control. Of control. Okay. Is what we're talking about at the moment from these studies. Okay. Cool sharing of finances is strongly correlated with financial and marital satisfaction. Huh. This is especially true at I think they're saying it's more important for low-income couples. Independent finances or a lack of financial control reduces intimacy. It hinders conflict resolution. It lowers the marital satisfaction overall, especially for women. And they noted that women married to men who withhold control of finances or keep some of the money to themselves often become suspicious that their husbands are not fully committed to supporting the family or are possibly being unfaithful. I would. Yeah. Like I can totally apart just because you're hiding it, not because not that you actually do it, but you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. Okay. And, and, but this is the point. It's possible that one of you may be successfully handling, handling the money. Like the guy might be doing this right. Right. But because of the control aspect, factor, that appearance, it may be reducing marital satisfaction. Hmm. So you think you're doing the family a blessing and all your intentions are toward that because of how you're hiding and controlling that you're actually undermining what you're trying to accomplish. Huh. Okay. Good self-check there, right? Yeah. 
So though I think it's great to pause here and just note that there are ways of handling money so that even if you have a low income, you can still find satisfaction in your marriage. In other words, you don't have to make more to be happier. Mm -hmm. Rather, you can change how you relate to what you already have. And that's this piece about financial satisfaction. And to help with that, we've created a bonus worksheet to help you really dig into this whole issue of finances and get to that place where those finances don't carry the same level of emotional strain that you feel today. Wouldn't it be great to be on the same page as your spouse? Yeah. This four-page worksheet will take you through that really important equality issue, through the discussion around budgeting, saving, giving, and staying strong together on this issue. And this is freely available to our much appreciated supporters on Patreon. If you want a copy too, you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60-second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about financial satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So let's go over some ways to prevent finances from negatively impacting marriage. Okay. How can we make this work better for us? So first is communication. And one of the main ways that financial difficulty impacts marriage is by creating stress and depressive symptoms, which leads to dysfunctional communication. We touched on that before. Yeah. So by learning and practicing communication skills, you can mediate the effect that financial strain is having on your marriage. Just getting better at talking about this. Wow. And I think this is a good point to consider because at the end of the day, not all of your stress is just about the finances. It's also about how you relate to each other in the midst of those financial issues. Mm -hmm. So a good part of what you're facing may not even be financial issues as much as a communication style problem. Just because you don't know how to talk about it. Yes. And because this is an area of pressure the bit of skills that you do have deteriorate under the pressure. Uh It's a hot topic. uh Now it looks like a marriage problem. It's just so interesting though, that it's not even a marriage issue, but it turns into... It's an issue in the marriage. Yeah. Yes. So again, like while the financial issues may seem large and insurmountable, learning communication skills is something that you can start on right away so that you could figure out how to navigate through that financial issue together rather than as opponents. Yeah. So it's a shift, right, that you can make today. Now, equality, uh, we touched on as well. I recommend that folks adopt a system of equal access and decision-making regarding finances. Okay. Even if one of you is not going to access it as much, the, the accessibility is there. This okay. is how, like our marriage. I don't access our finances nearly as much as you do. No, that's But true. I have equal access to them. Right. It's not like I'm the only one with the passwords or something. Right. Yeah. So it's not uncommon in marriage for one spouse to take most of the responsibility. And I really appreciate that you do that. 
but I think the equal access part is important. Okay. And the decision-making is shared. Mm-hmm. You're smirking. Well, just, you know, when I came home from Vancouver one time and you bought a tractor and a trailer and a lawnmower and... <laughs> Those were the good old like, days. like, oh yeah, really? Yes. Okay, busted. Uh-huh. So what do you, what do you suggest? Maybe discussing it first. <laughs> like communication. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And then it would have felt a little bit more equal. Yes. I just happened to remember us discussing that on the phone. You don't? Well, I was like visiting a friend who was dying. I was very emotional. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking... Fair enough. ...tractor and mowing the lawn. You're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I really hit the sweet spot there because I was doing the communication thing and kind of moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And giving me lots of empathy. So I I would feel more remorseful except for that text message that you sent me. Shh. Well, if you share that part, I'm going to share this part. That's how this is going, okay, baby. This is, both. Uh-huh. this is called equality. Uh-huh. Next message that Verlinda sent me was, I hate it when you buy stuff that I really like. <laughs> As she was enjoying driving the aforementioned tractor around. But that was later on. Yes. The fact is I didn't feel very communicated and equalitated. Fair enough. And I, I, I acknowledge my fault there. But I do like the tractor. So we're all good. Yeah. Anyway, so, what were you saying? Lucky me. If you're the <laughs> if you're the spouse that's been holding on to the finances, oh, it'd be time to take a step back and say, sorry, my bad, I've been too controlling. If this is your situation. Uh-huh. And and just that kind of conversation about you know, I'd rather have you as my ally than be a sparring partner over this. I'd rather we work together. Yeah. Can you help us find a way, like help me find a way so we can do this and you feel equal and just the conversation like that. Right. Because you might find it doesn't even take much. It's just equal access. How can you create equality? Yeah. And then spending time together. Now, this is interesting too. Several studies found that quality time together is another mediating factor between financial strain and marital strain, which is really interesting. So Goodmanson et al. in 2007, they surveyed 497 couples and found that financial pressure creates an increase in negative behaviors as a couple, but creates an increase in conflict. Okay. Okay. Yep. And reduces positive behaviors such as quality time together. So you're fighting more, you're spending less happy time together. When right. financial strain. So okay. you can actively work against this. You can reduce the strain that finances are placing on your marriage. The basic idea here is that you know you have this stress point on the issue of finances on the mm-hmm. era of, in this area of marriage, and you know that's not going to go away right away. Maybe it's a big debt thing. You just have to churn through that over months and months, right? Yeah. But what you can do is compensate for that by strengthening another area of your marriage. Huh. So along these same lines, another researcher looked at the levels of debt in newlywed couples and found no direct link between debt and marital satisfaction. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Okay. Instead, the debt negatively impacted the marriage because it interfered with the couple's expectations of what marriage would be like in that it increased arguments and it reduced the time that they were spending together, partly because people were working extra hours to pay off the debt. Okay. That kind of makes sense, sir. So he's saying that noticing that, that debt is not the marriage killer. It's the way you've handled it in the marriage that might be putting all the strain on it. Huh. Because okay. it could be taking away time together and your ideas of what your marriage was going to look like and how you're going to do things and all this. Okay. So can you compensate for this, not just financially, but also by creating time with each other? Spending time with each other. And in yeah. that time, you know, having good communication skills, taking the time, like being intentional about that, this can reduce the negative impact of the debt and other kinds of financial strain on on marriage. Hmm. And then of course, the obvious one is financial management skills. So having formal financial management strategies, such as goal setting, 
or budgeting or saving or record keeping, those things help reduce financial strain, which also reduces arguments about finances. Okay. Yeah, that makes makes sense. sense. Yeah. Much of the conflict around money comes from couples having different ideas on how to spend or manage their money. So financial, here's a quote, financial management skills may reduce the chance for marital disagreements while the lack of such skills may actually create crisis situations. See how the skills are impacting? Yeah. In that? So just because... Like if you don't have the financial skills, you don't really know what you're doing and you one might think one thing's better to do and... You're just going to run into more disagreements. Huh, okay. So let's take okay. an objective approach and find out what the facts are, what the skills are, and let's follow the skills, let's right? Let's learn this. Okay. Yeah. So like you said, it's the mishandling of money just due to a lack of education. That could be the source of the conflict. Mm-hmm. And again, the answer is not winning the lottery. There are, uh, I don't know if you want to call them classes or ministries, like there are things out there that will teach you these skills. It's not like you have to pay big bucks to an accountant or something like, like that. you have to spend money to figure out how to get to, out of the money you don't have. Problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There people are people just, that can help you. You've been looking that you. lately, right? So is that just like Googling something like that or, or what? Yeah. Uh, what did I Google? The, I saw the Dave Ramsey show, I think, on your right. laptop once. That was open. But that, I think those I think those are paid courses. Okay. Oh, I thought somebody... Did somebody not get in touch with us just saying that this was a ministry where they help people? Yes, they do. It's the researcher. Yes, yes. It, it was our, our researcher. So uh, he was doing the research and he says, hey, I just want to make a quick plug for a charity my wife and I are involved in called Christians Against Poverty, C-A-P, Christians Against Poverty. It's a financial advice charity operating in several countries around the world, including the UK and Canada, I presume probably the US as well. They offer debt counseling as well as training on money management and other services like life skills training and courses for tackling addictions. It's all run through local churches from a Christian worldview. It's impacting the lives of thousands of financially vulnerable, boy, mm-hmm. well, every year. Uh, so there's a shout out to something right there, the Christians Against Poverty. I haven't checked it out. No, uh, I haven't. But if Paul's it. recommending it, it's probably a great resource. So definitely check that out as well. And that might just give you the skills that you need to avoid this marital strain. Yeah, just start just some basic financial skills, right? Yeah. And then, you know, with time and the practice of that, increasing your available finances through those the use of those skills, like through better money management, through changes in circumstances or employment, that can increase your marital satisfaction, help you feel like you're achieving something together. But you rallied around this now, right? And you're working against something together rather than against each other. Right. Right. It's so it's building your sense of us rather than me versus you. And we're fighting over this thing. Yeah. So like the research really supports this skills piece. Another study in 2015 found that attending a course on financial management and communication and coping skills as a couple improved financial coping and marital satisfaction three months later. So both of you go to this course. Right. Yeah. 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 So get some, get some training, get some help, read a few good books, check out the Christians Against Poverty, I think it was, CAP, yeah. that we mentioned. And also be sure to check out our past episodes too. We did a mini series on finances in episodes 59 to 63. Those are free and a great place to start. You can listen to them on your podcast player. Look for OIF059, or you can read them on our site. And the short link to the first one is oif.link slash 59. Now I am going to stop talking because my microphone is having problems and Verlinda's going to finish the episode. Woo-hoo! So we'd like to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. And uh, we were away on holidays. So thank you to Craig and Brinjar and Donna. And thank you to all that support us so faithfully every month. We sure appreciate it. It's working. Oh, do you want to tell us what we're talking about next week then? I'll try. 
Next week, we're talking about trauma bonding, which is, uh, if I die here, you just pick it up, okay? Okay. Trauma bonding is the formation of powerful emotional attachments in abusive relationships. Huh. If you're in an abusive marriage, this will help you understand why it's so hard to leave your abusive husband. If your spouse has had or does have an abusive parent, it will help you understand why it's hard for them to let go and set some boundaries. So it's going to be a sad and fascinating episode all at the same time. Yeah, very interesting. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 155. Find out how you can help us help other marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.